Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Welcome back, everyone. On today's show, we're featuring Integral Care, a special organization here in my neighborhood of Austin, Texas. They support people living with mental illness, substance use disorder, and intellectual and developmental disabilities in the Austin community. They have almost 1,000 employees and approximately 25,000 clients to protect, which comes with some interesting safety and security challenges. Speaking with us today are Teresa Williams, Director of Clinical Services, and David West, Associate Director of Integrated Systems of Care. For Teresa and David, when an emergency strikes, it's not just about protecting employees and clients. The continuity of client care is of utmost importance, which brings crisis management into a completely different light. Teresa and David share their approach to the safety and wellness of both clients and employees, as well as the importance of effective communication in every stage of an emergency. Let's dive in. Teresa, can you give us a high-level overview of Integral Care and all the great work that you guys do in the Austin community? We provide integrated behavioral health where individuals can get both their primary care and mental health care, as well as substance use disorder treatment. So this is really important because the people that we serve, individuals with mental illness, they die on average 25 to 30 years before the general population. And they generally don't die of a mental illness. They die from unmanaged chronic diseases like diabetes, heart disease, and there's also high rates of tobacco use. So along with the integrated behavioral health that also includes 24-7 crisis response. So through contacting our helpline, people can get access to crisis services, mobile crisis teams. We have an urgent walk-in clinic. And by the way, the uh, 24-hour helpline provides suicide prevention support for Travis County, but we're also part of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline Network that recently launched 988. We also have other services, wide variety, residential crisis services. We serve our homeless community. We also have strong working relationships with law enforcement and the justice system to help us divert individuals from jails into more appropriate treatment. That's incredibly comprehensive. I'm familiar with the organization, but I did not know it was that much stuff. So wow, kudos to you guys. That's incredible. What are some of the wellness initiatives that you're leading? So we offer tobacco cessation programs, nutrition counseling support. Of course, we have some limited exercise training and support services. Uh, We also have a care coordination team that actually works with clients and they'll drive them to their medical appointments and help them communicate with primary care providers about whatever their treatment needs are. So Integral Care in the University of Houston, we have a collaboration for the Taking Texas Tobacco Free Project one of the most impactful things that somebody can do to improve their health and wellness is to quit using tobacco. So if we can get as many healthcare providers across the state to support us in that, we'll be making a huge difference in the population that we serve because the individuals with mental illness and substance use disorders have very high rates of tobacco use, up to 80% in some, some of the groups. In addition to our statewide 
effort that I just mentioned and some of the, the programs that we have. We also offer some of our staff wellness initiatives, and David is part of that work and can tell us about those initiatives. Ah, yes. Let's not forget about David. David, can you tell us more about your role in the organization and perhaps more about that? Yeah, absolutely. My primary responsibility is to oversee our four adult outpatient behavioral health clinics. It's so common for us to focus on the wellness of our clients. That really drives our work. However, as a trauma-informed organization, we recognize that wellness of our staff is vital as well. And so trauma-informed care, and we can talk more about that, but really introduce this idea that our staff are part of the wellness of the organization and what we have to offer to our clients. And so at the heart of trauma-informed care is, is an understanding of the prevalence of trauma. A lot of the work that we've done over the past nearly seven years at this point has been with a focus of moving in a direction of becoming more trauma-informed, which is by design intended to offer more support to our staff as part of that. And our Workforce Quality and Satisfaction Committee has been a part of that work and driving a lot of the wellness-focused work in over a number of years. And through that initiative, one of our most successful strategies has been the creation of monthly wellness-focused lunch and learn sessions. And these sessions have a focus on things like diet and exercise or chronic health conditions, self-care, really a wide range of focus, but the primary strategy is, is to really incorporate wellness as an ongoing and continual area of focus. I'm glad you brought that up. It's this idea of taking care of the caretakers. Usually people ignore that. They're like, ah, they're supermen, wonder women. <laughs> They'll just take care of themselves. Not true. You need to look out for their mental and physical health. So that's fantastic. I mean, Teresa, what are some of the unique challenges with keeping your employees safe and how do you manage to that? General Care, it's a very large organization. We have about 64 separate facilities and they're not all clinics, right? Some of these are office buildings or other types of locations. So what that means is that our staff can work in clinics, they can be in the community, they could be in jails, they could be serving people on their bridges, they could really be just about anywhere in the community. So the big challenge, of course, is to how do we communicate any safety risks across the entire organization in a way that doesn't create any confusion. A few years ago, Interval Care actually implemented a plain language emergency response system, and that really created uniformity in the way that we alert our staff, and the messaging is very clear. We conduct all our regular drills and all the stuff that you would generally expect, but the the big challenge has been the communication piece. So some of our essential services programs, which are generally programs that can't close no matter what, we have to have really strong business continuity plans for those. So we have to have the suicide prevention hotline up and running 24 seven, 365 days a year. So we have the usual technology continuity plans that you would expect so that we can continue to run the service without interruption. And we have multiple backup systems in place for the call center solution, as well as for power and multiple internet options. But the plan also includes making sure that our employees are able to safely work, no matter what is happening out there. So we've been able to implement a plan so that proactively our hotline team can work from anywhere for a pretty lengthy amount of time without any interruption in services. But this can really look very different. 
depending on what clinic and what area you work in. So I think David is over the outpatient clinic, so he can talk about that and what that might look like on, on his end as well. Yeah, absolutely. What would you add? Are there additional client safety challenges that you'd like to highlight and talk about how you manage them? One thing that it's important to mention with nearly a thousand staff, we provide a really large volume of, of services. And so I've noticed that an interesting thing happens when dealing with large volumes is that incidents that would otherwise be a rare occurrence can become a common occurrence. And it's really a reflection of the volume of services that we provide. So in an outpatient clinic-based setting, for example, we routinely experience safety concerns. And those can range from immediate need for medical attention due to a medical condition, and that very often involves emergency medical services. But we also experience situations where tensions can rise and there's a need for de-escalation. And so we have a lot of experience with those sort of challenges. And so a lot of the work that we've done throughout the years is to be prepared for those and to expect that we're going to run into complex situations that require immediate attention routinely. It's a part of the the day-to-day work. So Teresa, I want to loop back to something you mentioned before, and that's the importance of communication in everything that you do. It sounds like there's so many incidents coming at you day in, day out. You don't know what's happening. And in order to successfully respond to those, you have to be able to communicate quickly to people. So can you talk just a little bit more about this plain language communication you put in place and why communication is so important? The plain language notification system is actually a requirement or a recommendation from Joint Commission. And basically, you make your notifications in a way that don't create confusion. And you still hear this when you go to hospitals, for example, you'll hear the color system, like code blue on whatever floor. And most people are confused by that. They're not sure, especially if you happen to be on the floor they mentioned, you don't know what to do. So the plain language alert system was is recommended because it just removes that uncertainty and people know exactly what's going on. And so if we're having a fire drill, for example, or maybe we're doing an emergency drill, everybody in the unit is going to know what that emergency is, what the drill is. So from staff to visitors to, to clients or whoever may be in the area. So the idea is that it just reduces anxiety. Everybody knows what's going on. And that the key to communicating is, especially the more urgent situations, is that you can do that very quickly. And what's nice about the system that we have in place is that all our employees have access to alert media. And they can actually sign up and opt in and receive emergency communications in the way that works best for them. So some people like text messages, some people like phone calls, some people like emails, or some people like all of them. (laughs) So not only are we able to send out the notifications quickly, but people are able to receive it in a way that they say, hey, this is the best way that I can get notified of any emergency. So if there is an identified risk at any of those locations, we're really able to quickly send out that alert. People see it, it's in plain language, they know exactly what's going on, and it helps us capture anybody. But I mentioned earlier, our staff are everywhere, right? All over Travis County. We may have an emergency at one of David's clinics where we need to say, hey, staff need to avoid coming to this area. And we can now send out that message and we'll capture people that were either 
planning on going to that facility later. Maybe they're en route or maybe they're just pulling into the parking lot. So they will immediately get that notification and they will be aware of what the risk is. That's a really important thing you just mentioned, which is communication doesn't just have to happen when people are at work. It's just around the clock. And it could be for an example like you just gave. David, anything you'd add to that? Anytime we have a, a significant incident, we always debrief and identify potential areas of improvement. And I've noticed that there tends to be somewhat universal experience. What, what staff will describe is that even the most seasoned professional, I've, I've heard people describe time kind of slowing down or speeding up or tunnel vision occurring. And it can be disorienting when a crisis emerges or an incident that involves safety emerges. There's really an incredibly wide range of, of ways that people can respond. And in those critical moments, what matters most really is, is communication. And so in any debrief, I think we can identify a number of areas of improvement, and that's the point of a debrief. But generally, if we look across and look at the areas that are most critical, communication is, is at the heart of that. Uh, and I, as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm included in that as well. I've been responding, the, the person who has the primary responsibility of the initial response to a number of, of really significant incidents. And the thing that tends to stand out is, who could I have notified? Who else should I have notified, right? Who did I miss? And that's something that we all would, would take very seriously. So I think communication is, is at the heart of the response to any kind of critical incident. And we've identified also that, for example, if you're on a campus with multiple buildings, then you may need to notify another building. Some of these things in retrospect seem very obvious, but in the moment when you have that kind of heightened response, it's very common for people to, to not remember, like, hey, I should, I should let those other people on the same campus know. And that's why I think it's so important to be prepared and to run through response drills and to have reference material that's just right in front of us for what the next steps need to be. I'm really glad you shared that. I think intuitively and perhaps anecdotally, people know communication is important, but empirically they don't. And you just shared that empirical evidence because you guys go through an enormous number of incidents on an annual basis. And you just said, after sifting through it all, we realize how important communication is to every single one of these. So thank you for sharing that. Teresa. Can you share a real-world example of an emergency when effective communication really helped you achieve a positive outcome? I'm sure that many organizations in Texas would probably agree with this one, but the, the biggest event that we've had that really navigate through was the winter storm that came across the state, the ice storm a, a, a year or two ago. Snowmageddon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, that was the ice storm that pretty much shut everything down, right? So. We were able through alert media to really quickly alert staff of closures and especially for non-essential services, right? So that they weren't trying to get out on the roads and get to work. We have very passionate staff that, you know, would navigate through ice storms to support folks. So we want to be able to keep our employees safe. So that we were able to really quickly and every day send out notifications to alert everybody of what was going on. So they knew, were they supposed to try to get to work or were they safe to stay at home? Of course, I already mentioned that our call center services were still up and running. And that was our biggest test to our business continuity plan. It tested every part of it, including every single backup battery. <laughs> wow. And the length of time that it would stay at. But 
We had staff that were able to take calls even though they had no electricity at their home and and they kept that line open for for individuals, which was was very important. And of course, David's teams really worked very hard during that time because even though the location may have closed, the work didn't stop. How did it impact client services? I'm curious about that. You know, I think it's so interesting that Teresa said it tested every part of our business. I'm thinking of every part as, you know, including the, the clinical staff who were working to support clients throughout. And I was incredibly impressed with our ability to transition to telehealth really quickly. Uh, we had some significant experience with that, with having navigated that sort of transition with the onset of COVID. And those communications from Alert Media helped us to stay informed about where we were with service provision throughout the organization and which parts of the organization were opened or closed. And we have ways of categorizing that. And when I say closed, that's really not the, the correct way to refer to it. We shifted service provision to telehealth in some parts, and there was still a need for face-to-face response with icy roads and very concerning conditions. But for, for several days, we were delivering water to clients and things like that that are really vital functions. And so having the ability to communicate throughout was, I think that that changed the entire experience. Well, to wrap things up, digging into your experience, what key piece of advice or perhaps a lesson learned would you share with our listeners about how to better protect their people? One of the things that I've found most effective over the years, identified that there would be a benefit to having each staff member go through and call a code on our intercom system internally within the clinic and and have each staff member go through that exercise of being the person who's alerting the campus of an incident that's occurring. And the reason for that is I think it's different to hear that alert than it is to be the one who's delivering it, right? So in the moment, it can be a challenge for for staff to to do that. So I think that having that direct experience has been a really significant step forward for us. I think staff find it rewarding in some ways and but it also builds, more importantly, confidence and competence to respond to an emerging safety concern. Yeah, that muscle memory is so important in an emergency. Well, Teresa, what's next for Integral Care? Any exciting news you want to share? We have our Bridging the Gap fundraiser that's coming up Wednesday, October 19th in the evening. So if you're interested in attending or just want more information, we're going to have that posted on our website. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing all the incredible work that you guys do at Integral Care. Thank you so much for having us, Theodore. We really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this important area of focus. If anyone listening has follow-up questions or wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you out there? My email is teresa.williams at integralcare.org. And my email is david.west at integralcare.org. Well, thanks again to Teresa, David, and all of you for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. I hope you'll subscribe to the show at Alert Media's website or follow it on your favorite podcast player. We'd also appreciate you giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which helps others find the show. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.